Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome everybody here this morning and everyone of you that are listening and watching by YouTube. Welcome one and all. Be blessed today. I'm going to read uh, Revelation. We're going through the whole book of Revelation, the final book. Uh, but first, I want to let you know, just remind you that uh, the book of Revelation is otherwise known as the Apocalypse. Now, the word uh, apocalypse comes from the original Greek language, which means to uncover, to disclose, to reveal. That's how we get the word revelation, to reveal. Now, while exiled on the island of Patmos, the Apostle John, and he was put there because he was preaching the gospel, and the, the powers that be in Rome didn't want him to do that, obviously. And uh, God appeared to the Apostle John, and he told him to write down what he heard and what he saw. And we're benefiting from what that because we can read the book of Revelation. This is what he wrote down. Now, even though John couldn't understand what he heard and what he saw, nevertheless, he did what he was told, and he uses kind of symbolic language to describe what will happen in the future. The book of Revelation is a book of prophecy. Most of these things hasn't happened yet, but they will. So we're going to learn about that shortly. So let's read chapter 6, all of it. And the heading is the seals. And this is what John saw. He said, I watched as the Lamb, the Lamb is referring to Jesus Christ, by the way, the Lamb of God. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. And do not damage the oil and the wine. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades 
was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. When he, looked, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony that they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? May God give us understanding of his word this morning, amen. Heavenly Father, we do need your understanding. It's very complicated, symbolic language that John used, but that's what he saw to describe what he saw. So we need help, your help. May we be tuned in, may our ears be open to understand this chapter in the book of Revelation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Just in the way of review, those that weren't here, we learned last week about a scroll, a scroll in heaven. It's like a parchment that's rolled up, a letter, a book, whatever you want to call it. It had seven seals that nobody could break that nobody could open except one there was only one that was worthy to open that and that was Jesus Christ himself and Jesus took the scroll from the hand of God who was sitting on the throne and then he received praise from the angelic beings in heaven the angels Uh, this scroll is most likely the one revealed to the prophet Daniel by the angel Gabriel, who told him this, and it's in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll 
I know the authorized version said book that I read last week. That was a little confusing. They didn't have books in those days, okay? It's a scroll. Roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Till the time of the end. So we are living in the end times. And what's prophesied in the book of Revelation will take place. Now, John chapter 6, Revelation chapter 6 by John, describes future events in the end times. Like I said, he's using symbolic, dramatic, very dramatic language. When Jesus, who alone is worthy, not only to take the scroll, but he breaks the seals one at a time. And we just learn what was in those seals and what they mean. Or hopefully we will get a better understanding of what they mean this morning. But before we get to the meaning of the seven seals, we need to know what the seals represent. I'm not talking about those aquatic animals seals, you know, whatever. They're on on the scroll. They're on this scroll. What do they represent? Well, they're all summed up in one word, judgment, judgment. The opening of the first seven seals marks the... Now, this is important to remember. The opening of the first of the seven seals, we're only going to be covering six seals today, it marks the end of the church age. We're living in the church age now. And it marks the beginning of the tribulation period, prophesied in the Old Testament, and confirmed by Jesus in the new. Read Matthew 24 and 25. So what's the purpose of the tribulation that will fall upon this earth? What's the purpose? It's it's known as, otherwise known as Jacob's trouble. And if we go back to Daniel, we've already been through this book already, but just to remind us, the prophecy in the book of Daniel. It ties up with the prophecies in the book of Revelation. What's the purpose of the tribulation? Daniel chapter 9, let's read verse 24. 77s are decreed for your people. He's talking about your people. He's referring to the people of Israel. Daniel was a Jew. And your holy city, Jerusalem. To finish, what's what's the purpose of the tribulation? To finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. To seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. That's the purpose of the book of Revelation, the book that reveals that one day, coming soon, and we don't know when, only God knows, the coming tribulation period that will happen on this earth. The church, if you're a Christian, if you are born again, we're going to be taken out before the tribulation begins. That marks the end of the church age. The church age began... At Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down for the first time to fill people that believe in Jesus Christ. 
Ever since then, almost 2,000 years, we're living in the church age, right? God's giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ before the tribulation happens. And it could happen at any time because the church is going to be taken out just like that. And then the tribulation will begin immediately. Now, we're going to study and explain what's going to happen on this earth. And I hope you don't go through it because you don't want to go through the tribulation and you don't need to go through the tribulation if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, that he was buried and he rose again. How hard is that? All right. Now, chapter 6 begins, as we just read, Jesus opens the first seal. How many are there? Seven. Then one of the four living creatures around God's throne. This one is about four, at least four angels. You can read that in Revelation chapter 4, who those four living creatures are. And there's millions, innumerable angels in heaven. This is just four of them, a specific brand that is around the throne in heaven called the seraphim. Okay, one of those four living creatures around God's throne shouts with a thunderous trumpet command. It must have scared the living daylights out of uh, John. Told, told him to come and see. Come and see. Well, see what? What did he see? Well, he sees Jesus open the first seal, and he sees a rider on a white horse. A white horse. The rider is not Jesus. One day he will return to this earth riding on a white horse to establish his kingdom of peace during the millennium kingdom. That's not, that, that's not going to happen till after the tribulation period is over. No, this rider on a white horse is not a man of peace like Jesus because he's wearing a crown and that represents someone who is a powerful ruler, okay? Don't kings wear crowns? Yes. And also he's carrying a bow. I don't mean that thing you put in your hair. He's carrying a bow, a weapon of warfare. And he's riding a white horse. The, the bow that he's carrying, it symbolizes his power to conquer. His power to conquer. So with, we're looking at a very powerful person. Whoever he is, well, I'll tell you who he is in a minute. Just because he's riding on a white horse, it doesn't mean that he's a, he's a good knight in uh, bright, shining armor. No. When he does appear, he'll give that impression that he is squeaky clean and, because he promises peace, you see to the people during the beginning of the, the tribulation period. And the vast majority of people will fall for it. They'll believe he is a man of peace. He'll perform all kinds of miracles. They think, well, this guy, he's got to be the Messiah. They'll fall for it. They'll believe him, that he is a man of peace. But after he, after he gains supreme power, as the supreme political ruler on this planet, halfway through the tribulation period, which will be three and a half years, 
is going to show his real, true colors. He's going to turn on Israel. And he's going to persecute them mercilessly and anybody else that do not worship him. This is a man of war, an evil, powerful, political world dictator this world has never seen before, who opposes God, and his name is the Antichrist. The Antichrist. Anti means opposed, right? So he opposes Christ. He hates God. That's the first seal. We've got five more. How long he got? The opening of the, the fruit will stay warm, don't worry. The opening of the second seal reveals a rider on a red horse. We got the white horse first, now we got a rider on the red horse. The color red is associated with bloodshed and war. I know I've got blue blood running through my veins, but not really. The rider is wielding a sword that complements the first rider, his power to conquer through global domination, through global warfare. There's going to be a future world war that has never been seen in the history of mankind, resulting in catastrophic death and destruction globally. Hear what Daniel has to say again. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. There will be, it's not happened yet, we know that. There will be, future, a time of distress. Such has not happened from the beginning of the nations until then. It's not happened yet, it will. Read Matthew 24. Jesus confirms this, okay? If you don't believe Daniel, believe Jesus, right? That's the second seal. Now the third seal, only Jesus was able to open, to break the seal. Holding that scroll, he reveals a rider on a black horse. A black horse. You know as well as I do that black is always the color of death and mourning and sorrow. You know, if you go to a funeral, you won't be wearing a, a pink suit, you know. You normally wear black. The rider is carrying a set of scales meant to precisely measure and weigh things that are rare, things that are scarce. And we're told the things that are scarce, in this case, we're talking about symbolic language again, in the form of wheat and barley. And you culinary experts know that bread is made from what? Wheat and barley. The precise measurements equals the amount of money that's typically made 
in one day. In Jesus' time, it would have been a, a soldier's day's wages, okay? So there's going to be a scarcity of food. And it strongly suggests, and I say not to suggest, it definitely is, a famine that is going to strike this world during the tribulation period. It's going to strike the earth and people will struggle to make ends meet. On the other hand, it talks about the finer things like oil and wine will not be harmed. Just the wheat and the barley are going to be a scarcity of food. The oil and the wine is not going to be harmed. That implies that the rich and the political leaders and the powerful, they're not going to be affected by this global famine. Everybody else will, except the rich. And the, the politicians, they're not going to, they, they, they never starve to death in time of war or famine. It's always the case during warfare. It's always the poor that suffer want. It's always the poor that has to be rationed. I was going to bring, actually, I was born the middle of the 19th century, believe it or not, right in the middle, 1950. And even as a baby, I had a rations card, and I was going to bring it, but I had another senior moment, and I forgot. I got a ration card dating back from 1950. Even babies were rationed, you know? So it's always the poor that suffer during the times of warfare and famine, but never the rich. They never suffer. And the politicians and the fine financially well-to-do, they're always well-fed. All right, let's go to the fourth seal. What's this, what's this on about, the pale, this rider on a pale horse? Well, this is, it takes a different twist here. It's a bit of a turn from the catastrophic things that we've just revealed. The pale color is literally the yellowish-green color of the flesh of a corpse, the color of infection and decay and death. The pale horse distinguishes it from the first white horse to evoke the imagery of the rider. Who is the rider? Death. Death is followed by Hades. Now, Hades is a, a reference to the unseen spiritual world or the abode of the dead. In other words, the spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. And if you're not saved from your sins through receiving Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, you are spiritually dead. But when you receive Jesus, who is the life, you receive eternal life. And you pass from death, spiritual death, to everlasting life. Hades is where the spiritually dead go. 
it's a compartment in hell. And the place is pretty full. And it's going to get a lot fuller. Because the vast majority of people on planet Earth, now and in the history of mankind, do not believe the promises of God and they haven't received Jesus as their personal savior. But thank God there are millions in heaven due to receiving life, spiritual life, Jesus who is the life. He said, I am the way, there's only one way to God, I am the way, I am the truth, he always told the truth, and I am the life. And he who believes in me shall never die. Of course we're going to die. You know, we could go at any time. You know, we live in this mortal body. We can die at any time. But we have an immortal soul that has to go somewhere. And it's either going to go to Hades or it's going to go directly into the presence of God when we leave this mortal body. So this horseman, the pale horseman, which symbolizes death, it brings about horrific consequences during the tribulation period, which is seven years. The pale color also represents pestilence, disease, a worldwide plague. You think this... Uh, pandemic what we the world is experiencing now it's nothing to compare what's coming it will kill a fourth it says a fourth of the world's population how many billions of people are there on planet earth at least five billion maybe six you do the math because i'm hopeless at it and it's going to be a lot more people when the tribulation period comes so imagine a fourth of the world's population dying through this pestilence. It says that in verse 8. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword. Famine and plague. Now the fifth seal, and this takes a turn, different. What's this all about? Jesus opens the fifth seal. It's different from the four previous seals, what is known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Have you ever heard of that? The four horsemen of the apocalypse. We've just learned about what they are. Those riders, there's four of them. Don't need to reiterate what they are again. So this fifth seal that Jesus opens, you know, it's different. There's no shout or command from the angel. There's no detrimental effect to be poured out on the earth. Yet, it will happen. Instead, what did John see? He sees the souls, and we've all got a soul. He sees the soul of some Christian martyrs in heaven. Now, these are people that will be saved during the tribulation period. Then they, because they don't bow the knee to the Antichrist and they refuse to have the mark of the beast, which is the Antichrist, 
on their forehead and on their hand. We'll get to that eventually. I don't want to confuse you. They've received Jesus as their savior. This is not part of the church. The church is already gone. Amen? Amen. We're gone before the tribulation begins. These are what's called tribulation saints. They're believers in Jesus. They get saved during the tribulation. And um, they're going to be killed because of their faith in Jesus Christ. They become martyrs. That's what a martyr is. You die for a cause. They're known as tribulation saints. They're not the church. What are they doing? They're praising God. But at the same time, they're begging him to avenge their death. They want, them, they want him to take retribution on those that have killed them, that serve the Antichrist. And they were given white robes to wear. And instead of God taking immediate retaliation on their killers, he tells them to wait. He tells them to wait because there's going to be many more just like them, who will be killed, who will be martyred for their faith during the tribulation period. The sixth seal that's opened, unfortunately, it reveals more bad news. And it describes a series of catastrophic natural Disasters, earthquakes, just a massive one over in the island of, near the island of Tonga. It was more powerful than the bomb, 10, 100 times more powerful, apparently, this volcanic eruption under the sea, more powerful than the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima during World War II. Earthquakes, this is what's going to happen, the sixth seal. Earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, tsunamis, media showers, atmospheric disruptions and pollution so bad that it's going to block out the sun because you've got all these volcanic eruptions. Remember St. Helens, the volcanic eruption? And they're spewing all that black smoke. The moon's going to turn blood red. And the sky is going to be rolled up like a scroll. Now imagine you going through that experience. Thank God that we don't have to, amen? That's why we have been saved. We have been saved from that. Saved from condemnation. And these events are so awful... Even members of royalty. I wonder if Prince Charles would be one of them. Including the powerful, the rich and the famous, all the Hollywood gang, if they're alive during the tribulation. What they're going to do amongst the majority of the vast population on planet Earth, they're going to try to hide in the cracks 
of what's left of the mountains, and they're going to hide in caves, and they're going to cower in fear because they know that they're going to die because no one could survive this. Well, especially if you were part of the fourth of the Earth's population. Some will survive, unfortunately. Now, sadly, though, there will be so many people like them that's going to go through this catastrophic and terrible ordeal and perish. They're going to perish. They're going to die. And they would rather have the rocks fall upon them and call upon the rocks to fall on them and kill them rather than calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save them. If they just call upon his name, if you just call upon his name, Jesus, save me, he will. But rather than do that, they prefer the rocks to kill them because they're suffering so much. They're still rebellious right up to the last second. But they will acknowledge that these terrible events are the result of God pouring out his wrath. What's the point of the tribulation period? Remember what I said? It's judgment. It's judgment on sin. And due to their rejection of God and his son Jesus Christ, whom he sent to die for them on a cross, to suffer and die on a cross, to save them from the wrath of God so that they could be saved, but they prefer to reject him rather than die and be saved and be forgiven of their sins. They, they could avoid being judged. They could have avoided going through this catastrophic event. So let's conclude because it doesn't talk about the seventh seal in this chapter, but it will later on. So keep on coming. We'll find out more as time goes by, Lord willing. I say that because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Neither do you. I could be taken out. I met with my uh, would-be um, orthopedic surgeon. And they know I've got a history of heart disease and I've got a stent in there. And they're kind of concerned that I might kick the bucket, if there is a bucket, while I'm on the operating th theatre. We don't know when we're going to go. Hopefully we won't. But eventually we will. But thank God we don't have to go through the tribulation period. Amen. Thank God we don't. Do you think God enjoys doing this stuff? No. He loves people so much that he was willing to send his only begotten son to come and die at that awful death on the cross. And Jesus loves us so much, he was willing to pay that price because he knew that if he didn't do that, we'd all be lost, we'd all be condemned to spiritual death for all eternity. But we don't have to be. He came to save us. This is what 
one of the prophets in the Old Testament said, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23. This is what, he's quoting what God says, because this book is inspired by God. And so are these prophets, you see. They're not false prophets. And God says this through Ezekiel. He says, I do not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. Does it take any pleasure in that? Declares the sovereign Lord. It doesn't give a loving God any pleasure to see people suffer because of their rebellion against him and their rejection of his son whom he sent to save them. He takes no pleasure in that. Likewise, it doesn't give me any pleasure to relay the truth that's revealed in the word of God that will happen very soon to the vast majority of people on planet Earth. But the story has to be told. Not only to prepare God's church for Jesus' imminent return, are you ready? But also to warn those of you who have never received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. So you won't have to go through the tribulation and suffer eternal hell fire. I'm going to close with this verse, 2 Peter 3, verse 9 and 10. You see, we're living in the church age, and God's withholding this tribulation period for the last 2,000 years. But time's running out, folks. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. He's not wanting anyone to perish. In other words, to die eternally, spiritually. But for everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. It's going to happen. I hope and pray you don't go through it and you don't have to. This is why Jesus came to save us. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are... So thankful that we can read what will happen in the future to be warned, to be ready for those that are listening to be prepared to receive you even now as personal saviour, to call on your name, to save them from their sins, to forgive them of their sins. So they won't have to go through wrath, the judgment of God, to be condemned for all eternity. Jesus came to save us 
for that purpose, so we could have everlasting life. To receive life, we need to receive Jesus. And I urge you to call upon his name to save you. And your life would be so much different, a thousand times, a million times better than what you could ever experience without him. He'll give you a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that this world cannot give you. Peace and contentment and tranquility, living in the midst of all the problems and the struggles and the pain in this world. And uh, once you leave this world, which you will, you'll go directly into his presence in heaven where there is fullness of joy forevermore. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. Just total peace and tranquility. And for the rest of us who are believers, who are part of the church, not Coleraine Baptist Church, but the church of the living God that have been born again by your grace, help us to live lives that are pleasing to you and prepare us for your imminent trumpet call where we're going to be taken out and transformed in the twinkling of an eye and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.